Hello and welcome to our newest episode of Politics on Points, the AIS podcast. Today, we talk about cybersecurity exercises. My name is Michael Sinkanel. I'm the Deputy Director of the Austrian Institute for European and Security Policy. And it is my great pleasure to introduce two guests today, Rebecca Beigel. She is the Project Manager of International Cybersecurity Policy at the Stiftung Neue Verantwortung. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Michael. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having us today. Thank you. And our second guest today is also from Stiftung Neue Verantwortung. Julia Schütze is the Junior Project Director for International Cybersecurity Policy. Welcome, Julia. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Both of you are working at the Stiftung Neue Verantwortung, a think tank at the intersection of technology and society. Um, you are researching and analyzing different challenges of new technology posed to societies in Europe, especially in Germany, and of course also to political stakeholders. And you're working together with multiple stakeholders in advising them. Can you probably just briefly introduce your roles at the Stiftung Neue Verantwortung and what you're basically mainly doing there? Yes, uh, happy to. Uh, yeah, we're a nonprofit, nonpartisan think tank based uh, out of Berlin, although right now since Corona, we've all been remotely for a year. Um, in our cyber team, uh, we focus on different cybersecurity policy topics. So for example, election security, EU cyber diplomacy, the IT, uh, IT security of artificial intelligence. And yeah, in our work, we usually involve, uh, involve outside experts um, because you have to look at the topic from different angles, um, involve IT security experts, legal experts. Um, and yeah, those topics affect also different sectors. So we usually um, yeah, do workshops, uh, including civil society, uh, private sector, and so on. That's wonderful. Thank you very much for that introduction. It's always great to hear that there are other think tanks as well in Germany, in Austria, elsewhere in Europe that are focusing that specifically with new pressing challenges, not only for security, but for society as a whole. And one of these new challenges, one of the most pressing new security challenges in the technological field that is being discussed very strongly at the moment is of course cybersecurity. And we are here today to talk about cybersecurity and especially cybersecurity exercises for policy work. Um, this new pressing issue of cybersecurity has risen in the past couple of years. What felt like science fiction not that long ago has certainly become reality as cyber attacks on governmental, private and civilian entities became more aggressive and more frequent in most recent years. So the intensity and the amount of cyber attacks has risen exactly at the same time where social, political, economic, and also private dependency on digital infrastructure, digital communication has been more strong than ever before. So we can see a clear correlation between those two developments as well. However, political stakeholders often lack the know-how, the awareness up until now to address these new unconventional threats to security, 
such as cybersecurity accurately. And this is actually also one of the reasons why you have written just recently a paper that we're going to discuss today, Cybersecurity Exercises for Policy Work, exploring the potential of cybersecurity exercises as an instrument for cybersecurity policy work. And I'm very keen to discuss this topic. I had a look into the paper already and studied it. And I would like to ask you, first of all, what do you believe is the most important challenge of cybersecurity today? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a big, big question. Um, so the way we approach the topic right now is uh, we see um, as as part of cybersecurity um, is IT security. So that's at the heart of it. So how can we ensure, for example, the integrity of our elections, the confidentiality of um, emails being sent around, the availability of websites um, that are necessary for a functioning society um, and economy as well. So cybersecurity then entails kind of all the outside questions, legal, cultural, policy questions surrounding that topic. Um, hence, in the end, like it kind of affects us all and that's uh, the challenge. So you need a lot of different stakeholders to answer the pressing topics. Um, how should we secure products? Um, what strategies do states have in order to respond to a major cyber incident? How, they can, how can they prevent a cyber incident in the first place? And as a policy nerd, um, yeah, you would look at what are different instruments that you can use uh, to get there, to achieve a certain goal. And that's where cybersecurity exercises come in. Um, yeah. You have just mentioned what I believe is one of the main statements also in your paper that different stakeholders, multiple stakeholders from the political side, from academia, from also civil society and the private sector have to come together to work together to face and manage the challenges in cybersecurity together. Thank you so much, Julia, for these first remarks. Rebecca, would you like to add something to that? Oh, that's fine. I would just love to highlight the important of, importance of exercises in general. And I think that's the next point we're discussing today. So, yeah. Indeed. So let's jump right into the topic <laughs> of exercises. I know this is the main uh, topic and the main agenda in your paper. Um, so please elaborate a little bit and explain to our listeners what are these exercises, how have you analyzed them, and uh, what are the specific features and applications where these exercises, I believe you explained five different types, can also be applied. Yeah, sure. Um, my pleasure. Let's start maybe with a generic definition of exercises. We describe exercises as um, Julia just teased or already mentioned as instruments of training that date back hundreds and hundreds of years, in fact, to antiquity. Um, they were mostly used by the military to train, for example, military strategies or tactics and then spread into other environments um, and fields, for example, to business schools in the 1950s or um, to qualitative fields in the 1990s. And what makes exercises so valuable and so useful is that they um, offer different stakeholders an interactive learning experience. That means you can use them to 
to, for example, train different skills, tools, techniques in a practical environment, rather than just, let's say, read a book, um, learn information by heart, memorize information and so on. So you can gather participants in a room and make them discuss or train certain skills or features. And um, as you said, in our paper or in our work, we look at five different cybersecurity exercise types that are red team, blue team exercises, cyber war games, workshops, simulation and tabletop exercises. And all of them have certain characteristics that make them particularly useful, particularly beneficial and highlight their advantages. We call these characteristics defining feature, um, defining features in our paper. Um, let's take, for example, workshops. They are, um, or they define themselves. Um, no, let's, let me start again. Let us take workshops, for example, they're very open-ended and speculative, meaning that you can gather participants in a room to, for example, discuss a topic or policy options that might not have been brought to the table in other environments or using other formats. Simulations, on the other hand, are very much more technical. So you have an underlying virtual network that you can use to um, simulate, for example, cyber incidents as close to reality as possible. And um, as you can already tell from that, cybersecurity exercises does have a range of purposes or a range of objectives you can achieve from very technical aspects, for example, training um, the technical response to a cyber incident to um, also policy aspects, for example, um, um, assessing diplomatic responses to a cyber incident. And we focus in our work, as you said, and um, in, accordance, in accordance to the name of our paper on cybersecurity um, exercises for policy work, which is really important because government bodies, um, private sector companies and other stakeholders um, can, can use these exercises to as one way to counter or mitigate malicious cyber activities. So they can um, improve future policies that are in the planning process, but also improve existing policies to mitigate or counter cyber threats. That sounds indeed very ambitious and very exciting, especially against the background that during these exercises, you can indeed bring together various stakeholders from various different fields with different experiences and uh, capabilities to one table to not only share information and knowledge, but also generate new findings. Um, how can I imagine now the practical application of these trainings, of these exercises? Can you give me a practical example how it can be used? Sure, maybe we can, we can start the application part by introducing the policy cycle first. Um, so if you're speaking ab about applying cybersecurity exercises to policy work, you need to know that there are different stages or phases of policy work. For example, you have you first start by defining a problem you have, then you formulate formulate a policy to to tackle the problem. You adopt a policy, you implement a policy, and evaluate a policy. And what we did in this paper is to to look how certain cybersecurity exercise types can be used at these different stages or phases of policy work. Exactly. Maybe. Um just how, how we would use them, you know, because 
what we found is that this is, you know, a tool that companies can use, governments, think tankers. Uh, so um, we started without even calling it that, <laughs> uh, using them 2018 around uh, because we get these invites. Um, we have to um, give presentations at universities. Uh, and at some point uh, we felt like maybe there's another way of increasing awareness about cybersecurity policy and increasing understanding of certain policies and interdependencies. And we uh, came up with yeah, scenarios um, where you would either talk through a scenario in theory, but also maybe let participants play different roles. So for example, um, the European Union wants to respond more and more jointly to a major cyber incident that affects different member states. So take um, a scenario that plays with the idea that there is a bigger cyber incident affecting the European Parliament elections, for example. That's something we tried out. And you would have information at maybe the Foreign Office in Germany, something will happen in Italy, um, there's an EU stakeholder and if you put participants in those walls, um, they really experience those um, responses, um, the information channels. Um, you can give certain groups uh, information that others don't have. Like in real life, um, you have to pick up the phone or write an email to share certain information or do it in a more secret channel, depending on the level of information. And yeah, we found that this is a really good tool um, to um, help increase the understanding. You feel the interdependencies. You can afterwards reflect on it, um, on the tasks, how well were they done, um, what worked, what didn't work. And then, yeah, even for us, uh, we thought that this is this helps our policy work. Yeah, it's not just on theory reading about it, but really what would they write in a press statement? How far would they go? What would that mean? Um, so yeah, last summer then we, we got the opportunity to um, have this project and engage with experts all around the world uh, who are doing these um, exercises on even like a bigger other level in all these different fields, like from technical to, to military um, as well. And we found that this is just, yeah, a beneficial to share that this is a cool tool that um, is helpful for policy work. Um, but it's maybe not as easy to grasp. Uh, so that's why I think Rebecca explained it really well. You have all this, these different parts of policy work along the cycle. So, and then you have these different types. How can you use them? Um, so yeah, we're happy to share more examples of use cases that we came up with. Absolutely, that would be wonderful. But let me just first say, this is actually a perfect example of bringing the very abstract and often too theoretical field and environment of cybersecurity, of digitalization, of new hybrid threats closer to the practical table and to the practical application and reaction of different actors, stakeholders that are involved directly with the issue. So I believe this is a wonderful method of preparing them for different cases so that actors know how to respond, how to act, how to react to certain scenarios and situations uh, when there is an attack or when the democratic processes of the European Union, of European stakeholders are indeed under 
uh, under threat and endangered. So yeah, probably you can mention uh, several examples or user cases of the exercises a little bit more, especially probably pointing out what are the differences, what are some similarities, and what would you recommend? Uh, I know you mentioned the policy circle and that you would start certainly with identifying at which stage in the policy circle certain actors are located. Um, but how do you proceed from there? <laughs> okay, so we have, as I said, we have different stages of, of phases of policy work. And um, yeah, what we did in this paper is to look, as I said, at uh, which exercise types of the five I mentioned earlier um, are particularly beneficial for a certain stage of policy work. And one example that would be, if I may start um, just with uh, one of them, that um, tabletop exercises, for example, they are a discussion-based format in which you discuss a hypothetical scenario at the table with um, different participants you have in the room. They are very beneficial to use at the policy formulation stage. The policy formulation stage is the phase of policy work where you look at different causes of action, you look at different policy objectives and instruments, how to achieve them. So you formulate a policy as the name already says. And what decision makers can do is that they um, use tabletop exercises to, for example, assign certain responsibilities to their staff members. So let's say um, we have a government body or a private sector company that wants to establish um, an incident response plan. So plan lying out what happens in case of a cyber incident, um, which staff members have what responsibilities, which tasks and what triggers this plan in the first place. So what is the threshold? And what decision makers can then do is um, to, to run a tabletop exercise to assign responsibilities to different staff members and change these responsibilities to see what works best um, and see the impact of these responsibilities, figure out the threshold. So when does the plan get triggered? And uh, yeah, I think it's a very useful tool to shape the policy, to draw lesson le lessons learned and incorporate them in the end to make the policy or the, the, the incident response plan in this case a better one. Yeah, and then maybe uh, just because it fits, like you move along, right? You have formulated your policy, um, you may have adopted it, and then you want to implement it, and you want to see did the implementation work. Um, and there, um, it can be useful to not um, yeah, just use tabletops, but actually use a full-on simulation, uh, because this one uh, could ensure, uh, or you could test if um, a policy was implemented in a, in a good way, or if the compliance works across all different people uh, in an organization. And a simulation would use a virtual secured uh, digital network. So you would actually on a technical level really, um, um, yeah, uh, have an impact on the systems um, and then see if the operational and strategic response matches the policy that you kind of uh, set um, as an emergency uh, response, for example, is everyone kind of doing uh, what they should do? Um, does the technical and the strategic level exchange certain information that's necessary? Uh, because if you have, for example, an incident affecting a whole organization, um, maybe the user 
um, needs to have certain communication coming from the communications team. Uh, so the technical level maybe needs, needs to share certain information so they can inform um, users on what to do and what not to do. Um, and later on, yeah, you could check, um, was this maybe compliant to what we envisioned um, our policy and our response to be? Um, and um, if not, yeah, maybe there's a certain lessons drawn um, uh, on how maybe the, the policy could be implemented uh, better. Uh, yeah, so that way, yeah, kind of thinking what is the goal um, and where am I right now? Do I already have a policy? Am I looking to explore um, a new policy? Um, or if you are at the very start, um, I think scenarios, just kind of building the scenarios um, helps. That's more in a workshop where you would maybe see what are the threats that we are facing and discussing and prioritizing. Um, that's always, yeah, I think some of the most fun to, to envision like a quietly realistic scenario, not to go completely off board. <laughs> Perfect. No, I definitely understand what you mean. And I would like to thank you at this point for elaborating your paper in this relatively short amount of time and also in a very good and understandable manner. As my, my last question, I would like to ask you, what are one or two main recommendations from your side, Rebecca and Julia, for policymakers now at this stage, given that you have just published this paper what are policymakers, what should policymakers uh, do with this information now in the near future? I would say they should consider using cybersecurity exercises as an instrument for policy work, for raising awareness for certain policies, but also um, improve existing or future policies. Um, and they can do that by three steps, by a three-step process we outline in our paper. We recommend they first scope out the policy work they, they are doing right now or they want to do by considering what their policy or thinking about what their policy objective is and what their target audience is. So the target audience they want to reach. Then as, as a second step, they um, should identify the stage of policy work or the stage of the policy cycle we just talked about to find out where in the, the overall process they are best situated or they are right now. And then as a third step, we recommend to look at the different cybersecurity exercise types that are useful to, to implement at a certain stage of policy work that we, of course, outline in our paper. And then look at the different defining features of these exercise types to figure out um, which exercise types suit the recent or the, the actual policy work best. Maybe a question back to you. Uh, do you would you use um, um, exercises in your policy work now in the future? I hope so. I mean, I can definitely see the advantages of using exercises, and I must also admit that I myself haven't been part of many of those, especially when it comes to simulations. And I definitely see the added value behind it. Uh, because even I myself, and probably you find yourself in a similar situation, we talk about cybersecurity, we analyze it from uh, research, from an academic point of view, we investigate the policy and political implications of cyber attacks, but we are not exactly aware of the processes and exactly the steps that are happening during an attack, at least 
I can speak for myself when it comes to that. And I would definitely love to learn more about that. And I see various exercises, simulations, tabletops, etc., as the perfect way to raise awareness, but also to get the tools to best act and react upon cyber incidents, cyber security threats. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I would like to inform our listeners again that you can read, of course, the entire publication of Julia's and Rebecca's paper, Cybersecurity Exercises for Policy Work. Um, you can find the uh, website uh, attached to this uh, podcast episode. And when you are going on the website of the Stiftung Neue Verantwortung, you can find the publication there as well. Uh, I would like to thank both of you, Rebecca and Julia, very much for your input. It was lovely having you. Best greetings and wishes from Vienna to Germany. And I'm looking forward to record another podcast episode with you at one point soon. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you.